0: From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, your smart speaker, and on Sirius XM Channel 80, Fitz and Harry. Last night,
1: for all the conversation about Ja, there was another superstar that didn't step on the floor. And his team also responded with a huge win. No Giannis, no problem. The Bucks tie the series at one each. And maybe it's a reminder of just how good they are and just how little credit they're getting Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. But you know what? I'm going to start with a mea culpa. I can admit when I'm wrong. I, uh, you know what, Harry? I can admit uh, as we went to break just a few minutes ago, uh, you and I were both sprinting away to go tinkle, right? And I and I hear Harry as he's walking away from the microphone. I hear him whistling, deck the halls. And I'm thinking, why are you whistling, deck the halls? So when you came back, I said, I called you out, on whistling, deck the halls to which Devin pointed out that I'm the Christmas fanatic that says Christmas should be allowed to happen all year. Harry, I was wrong. You were right. If you want to whistle Deck the Halls whilst going to Tinkle, who am I to tell you no? What does that say about you, though, Fitz? Are you just
2: trying to start a fight just to start a fight? Yeah, just because. Like, he came back a, ta- on the mic just attacking me I mean, for, what, for no reason. I mean, it was it, attacking me.
1: I mean, it caught me a little off guard that, you know, we were getting uh, April April Deck the Halls. Like, I heard it. I looked over. I thought, <laughs> why the hell is he whistling Deck the Halls? By the way, Harry Douglas, a spectacular whistler. We should also add that. Uh, <laughs> a, a, a quality whistle job by you. Uh, are you always. So are, are you usually whistling Christmas tunes whilst tinkling?
2: Well, I, I, I do whistle a lot to yeah. the point to where my kids, my daughter knows how to do it now, but my son is eager to, uh, eager to learn uh, how to whistle as well.
1: I I actually, Harry, I don't know how to whistle, so maybe next week when you're up here in Bristol, maybe you teach. <laughs> maybe Harry, there you, you teach me how to whistle. Uh, all right. Uh, Let's move on. Uh, okay. De- actually, Devin could teach me how to whistle. Harry will teach me how to Dougie, and then everything will be perfect. Fitz there and Harry go. on ESPN Radio. Jason Fitz, Harry Douglas. Uh, the Bucks win 138-122. Uh, and they do it without Giannis Antetokounmpo. Did not play uh, back bothering him, obviously. We all saw him go down in game one. Uh, Jimmy Butler, 25 points. The Heat shot 53% from the field, and it didn't, didn't matter. matter. Uh, like I mean, this didn't was a matter. big win. Uh, I
2: need you to clip this off, Devin, and send it to James Steele for me. Didn't matter, Amber Wilson, <laughs> because I know you're a Heat fan. Didn't matter. Your team got ran out of the gym. Now go run, tell that. Isn't that what Martin Lawrence had a stand up coming? Go run, tell that, James Steele. The Miami Heat was nowhere to be found last night. You want to know why? Because the Milwaukee Bucks hit 25 threes, which tied the record. With the Cleveland Cavaliers back in 2016, Joe Ingles come off the bench, shooting threes like no other, hitting 17 points, but doesn't even bring the ball down. The ball is always in his pocket, in his, little, in his little comfortable pocket for him to be ready to shoot the basketball. My boy Grayson Allen, you know how much I love Grayson Allen, even if a lot of y'all doesn't. My daddy coached him at AAU basketball. So boy Grayson, do your thing. But Drew Holiday, one of my favorite players, in the National Basketball Association, fits 24 points, 11 assists last night. Orchestrating things, strong on the defensive end, facilitating, scoring at will. Brooke Lopez had a solid night. I, I seen Bobby Porter's talking smack to, you know, Bam Adebayo, letting them know that, you know, this is our house. This is our moment. And you're not going to come first. You're going to come second. But the Miami Heat, without Tyler Hero, and a lot of people thought that the Miami Heat would be able to win this series. And I'm saying to myself, Tyler Hero averaged 20 points per game. That's a lot of points that you're missing from a guy who can stretch the floor from the three-point line, but also get in the lane and shoot floaters and just be an offensive threat. Max Struess, remember how I said D'Angelo Russell for the Lakers was on the back of a milk carton? Well, that's, that was Max Struess last night. Had four points. Got to be better, Max. Got to be better.
1: I think you mentioned Drew Holiday earlier, and this is great stat: twenty-seven assists this postseason, the most by a player for through his first two games of a postseason. Since Chris Paul in two thousand and eight, and when you talk about what he did last night, ten and nineteen from the field, four or ten from the three uh, from three point line, uh, you're talking also about giving you eleven assists, gave you five defensive rebounds. Mm, Uh, mm, When you a plus, I know plus minus is often disputed and and argued about, but in, in NBA circles, for anyone that doesn't know, if you're on the point on the floor when your team scores a point, you get a plus. When you're on the floor when somebody else scores, you get a minus. Is plus minus, plus 28 in this game. You talk about impact. Drew Holiday has had impact for days across the board on this team, on the way they play. It's something that Mike Budenholzer, the Bucks head coach, talked about after the game when he said this:
0: the silver lining, um, you know, to, to guys not playing, to guys not being available, has Drew being is is uh, Drew being more aggressive and Drew. Um, you know, finding that comfort with, um, you know, getting to his spots, getting to his shots, getting to the basket. And I think it's carried over to when we are healthy too. Um, you know, he's, he's just, uh, he can give us a lot and it's good that, uh, you know, I think we're trying to tap into it. I think he's gotten to a comfortable place and knows um, how he can impact the game.
1: It was crazy to me to watch that game, Harry, and think about how, how well Drew played, how well Pat Connton, who we, told, you know, we joked about going into the series, how well he played, how many different guys were able to give significant, not minutes, significant points, significant buckets in this game. That's what was really like Milwaukee beat you by a thousand cuts without Giannis.
2: Seven players were in double figures for the Milwaukee Bucks. And without your superstar, all-star player, best player in the league, Giannis Antetokounmpo, everyone stepped up, and that's why this team is so deep, and it's going to be scary for me to, uh, to see uh, anyone beating them if everyone's healthy and everyone's out there playing, because they have the luxury of depth, depth on their roster, the guys that can come in and score double figures with ease, but also I got to give a lot more credit to Drew Holiday. So him and my brother, Tony Douglas, if those of y'all don't know, that's my little brother who played in the NBA for eight years. Him and my brother played together in New Orleans. And I was a huge fan of Drew Holiday way back then. I just thought, I just thought throughout his career, before he went to Milwaukee, he didn't get the credit that he deserved because he is a two-way player. He is a threat on the offensive end. He can pick you up 94 feet and make it hell for your opposing point guard, as we've seen him do in the NBA championship the year that the Milwaukee Bucks won it, shutting down Chris Paul and making things a living hell for him. So Drew Holiday, the credit is is long overdue, and I'm just glad that he's able to get the shine that was due to him, I thought, years ago for being a two-way player and a guy that people can count on.
1: This is part of the the weird thing about Milwaukee, though, and this is we talked about this when we were on first take together. When I said, I you know I think there was nobody's beating Milwaukee in the East to me. Part of this comes down to the fact that it just feels like we've normalized greatness with them from Drew Holiday, from Chris Middleton, uh, from Brooke Lopez. I don't want to say greatness with Brooke Lopez, but you know what I mean by that. Uh, with Giannis, but even with Coach Bud, Like when you hear Mike Budenholzer talk, uh, th- we forget it wasn't that long ago that people were trashing Coach Bud, saying, well, he can't make the adjustments you have to make in a playoff series. And then what did he do against Miami? They went out game two without their superstar Outplayed, out-adjusted, out everything, Miami, and Miami's supposed to be the pl- place that air quotes culture always wins there, right? Like yeah. Miami's supposed to be the place that uh, the the coaching is part of the big difference. Well, Milwaukee, all they do consistently is win basketball games, and well, they well, make Fitch, it look I, easy.
2: I think it's important that you know they have multiple guys on their roster that if let's just say Giannis isn't playing, and I and I, and I go back two years ago when they were playing the Atlanta Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals, right? Giannis got hurt in that series. Who stepped up for them? It was Chris Middleton at that time, right? Giannis is out right now. Who was stepping up for them? Drew Holiday, right? And it's not even the same guy, but they have that luxury, a luxury that not many, you know, teams in the NBA actually have to where you can have Bobby Portis go off. You can have Brooke Lopez go off. You can have Chris Middleton go off. You can have Grayson Allen go off. You can have Pat Connaughton come in and hit 20. You can have Joe Ingles go on a, a shooting streak and hit five or six threes. They have so many players that can make a difference in a basketball game. Also, because they make the right play. During the games as well, each player knows how to, you know, get the ball to their teammates. They know how to play team defense. They don't get flustered and frustrated, and I don't think they're ever out of a game because of the way that they shoot the three.
1: So here's a real question, Joe and Amber uh, on ESPN Radio, seven or nine p.m. Uh, Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson. Uh, do you and Amber, uh, you got a little wager on this one? Is there like, is there no, a no, friendly no, 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 show show don't.
2: bet? No, we just, we just like to mess with each other. That's my girl, y'all. Amber Wilson, we've done a lot of uh, ESPN radio shows together, and, and that's my girl. She's phenomenal, does a great job on Joe and Amber. But I just like to give her a hard time when, when the Heat lose, and she, trust me, she's giving me a hard time about my Hawks.
1: Trust me. Uh, Devin, if you could go ahead and just clip this off. All I'm hearing Harry say is that Amber's a trash talker, and then suddenly when things don't go right, she disappears. All right, Mm, coward, coward is the word he just (laughs) used. Uh, Amber, Amber, coward. Like I know, I I can't believe Harry said it either. I'm stunned. You know, (laughs) make sure that they only clip that part off, though. I don't want him hear any (laughs) of the rest of the nice things. She's
2: a lady. I respect her. uh, Well,
1: so see what see. See, this is this is what happens. I'm just creating show versus show beef around here. We're going to have a big battle royale <laughs> at some point, and Joe and Amber are going to kick our asses, but it will have been worth it for all of the drama. Protect your high-mileage vehicle with new Syntec high-mileage synthetic motor oil at O'Reilly Auto Parts, formulated to reduce friction, who doesn't want that, and wear to keep engines running better for longer. Try SynTech high-mileage today exclusively at O'Reilly Auto parts. We are a week away from the NFL Draft. We'll continue with our Fitz and Harry NFL Mock Draft. The single greatest mock draft in the history of mankind continues next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. The
0: 2023 NFL Draft. Live from Kansas City's historic Union Station, it all begins with round one. The Carolina Panthers are on the clock. Thursday, April 27th at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. You can also listen on the ESPN app and on Sirius XM Channel 80.
1: That's right. ESPN Radio's got you covered all across the NFL draft. You can listen to Canty and Carlin hosting a huge roundtable of amazing experts also, if you uh, like watching in the digital platforms, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, the ESPN app, all of those places, Harry Douglas and I will be part of a massive group as well with Spencer Hall, Field Yates, uh, Harry Lyles, who am I missing that's on the show with us also? Hey, uh, all of us? I think I'm missing somebody. I don't know. A bunch of us. It is going to be wild. It is going to be crazy. And we're getting you ready for it the way only this show can with the Fitz and Harry mock draft. Again, here are the rules. There are no trades. Much of this may have almost every person that is selected. There are no trades. Rule number two, we're not making the picks. We're letting people that either cover the team every day, know the team better than everybody, or love the team more, make the picks. So a little bit of celebrity, a little bit of superstar off the board. At the top was Bryce Young. I'll give you a few names here that you need to know are no longer available. Bryce Young, Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, C.J. Stroud, Jalen Carter, uh, Devin Witherspoon, Anthony Richardson, Christian Gonzalez, Paris Johnson, those, uh, uh, sorry, I went one too many. I gave away Lord the next pick. Mercy I went one too many. Christian Gonzalez, all right, the Bears are oh. on the clock. Here's the Thanks Bears lot, on the Fitz. clock. I screwed that up. Jeez.
3: All right. With the ninth pick in the 2023 Fitz and Harry mock draft, the Chicago Bears select Ohio State offensive tackle Paris Johnson, Jr.
0: Mel Kuyper, Jr., player profile. When you look at Paris Johnson Jr you love the versatility left tackle in 2022 right guard in 2021
2: but he's still a work in progress a little inexperienced raw needs coaching but he has super long arms outstanding feet size power to move defenders and as i say he can be a star possibly with coach properly at either guard or tackle
3: now I can see the Bears trading back from 9 if there's a QB that falls in the draft order and a team eager to move up, but if they do stay put, GM Ryan Poles can add the best pure tackle in this draft and immediately upgrade Justin Fields' pass protection at left tackle. That's not to say Braxton Jones isn't qualified to continue protecting Fields' blindside, but If Johnson's available, the Bears can rest assured they have a premier pass protector whose size, strength, athleticism checks all the boxes and allows him to neutralize pass rushers while also being a dominant run blocker for the league's top rushing offense.
1: All right, that was Courtney Cronin, our buddy, uh, ESPN Bears reporter extraordinaire. Uh, So, Harry, what do you think? Paris Johnson, what do you think of the pick?
2: Yeah, I love this pick. A guy with great balance, um, lateral movement, very athletic, Uh, he's only going to get better. He is raw, so I do agree with Mel when he says that. I actually know his father-in-law, man. Mike Daniels used to be the running back coach at Georgia Tech as well. But you talk about a need for for the Chicago Bears. More offensive linemen to give Justin Fields the protection that he needs. Ryan Poles, this is an amazing pick, an awesome pick, and I think also a needed pick for the Chicago Bears moving forward. So I like the move going with Paris Johnson, Jr.
1: Can I give you a couple of strange facts you didn't know you needed about Paris Johnson? He had a 4.0 GPA in high school. He is fluent in Mandarin Chinese. He earned his college degree in three years. His teammates used to refer to him as the father of the group because he's the guy everybody confided in. And he's the person that takes his nutrition and diet incredibly seriously. Those are important oh. nuggets because what you're talking about is somebody that understands the life that's in front of him, understands what needs to be done for the business side of it, and somebody that understands what they need to accomplish. Harry, when I read all that, I got goosebumps thinking about what it means for this kid. I think not only is he very good right now, but knowing how seriously he's taken his craft, his education, and everything that it needs to go into his life to make himself a better person this quickly – I cannot find any way to bet against Paris Johnson. I think th- this is a great pick.
2: Well, we also got to remember in 2021, he was in that national championship game. Well, I should say he was on the Ohio State Buckeyes, the game in which Justin Fields actually played in. So he's going to be able to go block for a guy that he's accustomed to blocking for, or at least being around. I think you, 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 you see his father-in-law, right, being a, a coach at the college level. That also plays in a, a part in, you know, having your ducks in a row, doing the right thing, taking care of your body, understanding what school means to you. The young man is inteligente,
1: Fitz. He's inteligente. <laughs> All right. That, uh, that gets that pick up. So it's time for the chimes. The Philadelphia Eagles are on the clock. So we called in Eagles fanatic, super friend, and ESPN all-around badass, Kevin Nagandi with the pick.
0: And with the 10th pick in the 2023 Fitz and Harry mock draft, the Philadelphia Eagles select Bijan Robinson, running back out of Texas. Mel Kuyper Jr., player profile.
1: Brilliant dynamic
2: all-around running back. Uh, I don't think he's the next Saquon Barkley, but he's close enough to be worthy of being ranked and rated as one of the best seven to ten players in this draft. Quick to the hole, breaks tackles, six point three average per carry for his career, sixty career receptions. He catches the ball out of the backfield, forty-one career touchdowns. Vision, cutback ability, good hands out of the backfield. Complete football player, complete running back. This B. John Robinson.
1: Now, with some defensive targets on the line and at cornerback off the board in this mock i expect the eagles to trade out of the 10th pick but we can't do that in this mock so let's have some fun and give jalen hurts one of the most talented backs in recent memory and this guy can
0: do it all i say all that because it's my draft pick i fully expect the eagles to target an offensive lineman like northwestern's peter Skoronsky defensive line or trade down because that's the Howie Roseman way. By the way, go birds.
1: Oh, Nagani flying in with the go birds. What do you think of Bijan
2: there, Harry? A legend in the making, a phenomenal pick. You talk about a guy that has the balance, can take it the distance, can run inside, can run outside. It's going to break tackles, has the speed to take it the distance, Could be a receiver out of the backfield. How in the hell do the Philadelphia Eagles get get this lucky? You lose Miles Sanders. But you bring in a back that's even better in Bijan Robinson, phenomenal pick. Uh, I think he's going to pair well on this football team, especially behind that offensive line. So I, I, I think this young man is a legend in the making. But I got to go back to one thing. It was Paris from last pick, right? For the for the Bears. Yeah. Paris Johnson's stepdad, not his father-in-law. Had to clear that up.
1: All right. So when it comes to Bijan, as Devin just pointed out. We're talking about a running back ooh, ooh, selected 10th overall, and none of us are saying, ooh, that's a reach. That tells you everything you need to know about a kid that was absolutely incredible. Every time you thought you had him figured out watching him run in Texas, he did whatever else he wanted to. Uh, you are talking about a special, special talent. Also, you're talking about a kid that comes in. Uh, there, there were some people that thought he might stick around for his final season simply because he was making so much money in name, image, likeness. We're talking oh. about uh, Lamborghini oh. Austin. We're also talking about he oh. had his own condiment, the Bijan Mustardson. Oh. I'm saying, Bichon, when you got your own condiment, you're making the cash. I, uh, Harry, here, here, here's
2: a Here's woo. another little nugget. So I know the Texas running back coach very, very well, Tashard Choice. He told me B. John Robinson is the real deal, but guess what, Fitz? We ain't talking about Holyfield. Oh, my Mm. goodness.
1: Oh, see, look at this. This is why I'm excited. Whatever team gets him, gets somebody right away that is going to be a difference maker. Bijan Robinson is going to be a very high pick in the NFL draft. That's only two of our four picks to come. We got uh, two more picks that we will make in the process of our Fitz and Harry Mock draft. So uh, that gets you through pick 10. We have 11 and 12 coming up later in the show. You do not want to miss it. The top.
2: Fitz, uh, he is the real deal. and we're not talking about Holyfield, my goodness, the I, man is a baller.
1: I, I prefer I'd love watching. Him. i'm sorry i prefer i, love watching. I prefer tyson I like tyson uh, Ty- okay uh, the top of the nfl Damn, draft ear is biter. <laughs> nibbler i like to think of as a nibbler harry's yeah, gonna okay. have to buy me dinner Yeah, he's a biter the top of the nfl draft is very intriguing but it all starts with the second overall pick we'll explain why next fitz and harry on espn radio
0: fitz and harry the podcast 2023 NFL Draft So you ready for the draft? Let's get started Live from downtown Kansas City, Missouri The
1: NFL Draft is officially open
0: It all begins with round one Thursday, April 27th on ESPN Radio ESPN and on ABC With the first pick
1: Again, you can hear every single pick of the NFL Draft right here on ESPN Radio Kenny and Carlin doing a great job They will lead a mega cast of superstars. Harry Douglas and I will be there for you on all of your digital spots. The ESPN app, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube with our own super group. You can hang out with us as well. Watch it on every single screen because it's the draft. That's what we do. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM XM, Channel 80 presented by Progressive Insurance. One of the people that we wrangle in every year on the digital show and basically force to do an interview in the middle of all of the wild chaos is the great Diana Rossini, ESPN NFL reporter. She joins us now. Hey, Diana, you just want to tell us what the Texans are going to do at 2? I mean, if you want to break that here for the world, we wouldn't be mad about it. Just make sure everybody credits Fitz and Harry, Diana Rossini. on Fitz and Harry. What are they doing at 2?
3: What's so funny is as you're promoting this draft special, all this great draft stuff that you're going to be doing, I was thinking – How come he's not having me on? Who's this special group? But I forgot that you do wind up reaching out to me the day of. Like, hey, come pop up in between uh, a couple of these picks. So I look forward to joining you and uh, being part of what should be a really exciting night. And I'm so glad that you started off asking me about Houston because that's where I I really believe this thing is starting, as we know. Because I think we we all feel pretty good that Bryce Young is going to go to the Carolina Panthers at this point. Not definite, but, you know, things could change. But it's, it's all signs are pointing in that direction. But it's really, where does Houston go? Do they go quarterback or not? And the sense right now is that they may be open to not going quarterback. So you you say, let, let's just say they go defense there. Arizona really wants to get out of that spot at three. So there could be a team that could move up and potentially get the second-best draft pick, or excuse me, second-best quarterback, In this draft, if all this were to shake out this way, and and really Houston holds the the keys to uh, a lot of these teams' boards right now, guys.
2: Well, that's very significant. At number four for the Colts, do you see the Colts moving up in this draft, or do you think that you have the sense that they're going to sit right there at four and feel like a guy that they want will come to them?
3: Yeah, I I really think they're going to they're going to stay pat. I think they they feel where they want to go, the direction. That they want to go in at the quarterback position, they feel comfortable sitting there at four. They must have some intel, right, that the teams picking ahead of them don't want the guy they want, and you know we again we don't know who they are definitely picking, but um, we know that they've had some really good visits with the top quarterbacks, and you know they guys look at it this way: Indy has been. In, been spiraling at the quarterback position since 2019 since Andrew Luck retired. And they just, they've just they tried different things. I, you you have to give them credit, right? They've tried all different situations. But uh, they need to get this right. And Chris Ballard, the GM, is going to be the one making this pick. He's got a lot of power and control there uh, in that organization. And and, and we'll, we'll see what they decide in seven days.
1: So, Diana, when we're sitting there doing this draft broadcast, trying to get through all of it, Is Aaron Rodgers going to be traded during this and cause total chaos?
3: Every day I wake up and I think, is today going to be the day I'm going to have to ask my mom to come over and babysit my kids because (laughs) uh, I'm going to have to do like four hours of television straight, you know, when this becomes a big story. It's the life you live when you cover the NFL. You you truly never know. Uh, In fact, I had a situation like that happen to me last week. Um, We were working on an Odell Beckham story and (laughs) – people are going to call the cops on me here, but uh, I had both my kids in my hands walking into the house and my phone rang and I saw it was a very, very, very good source and I had to get it. So I put the one kid that could walk down and he just ran down the street and I took the call and I just let him, I let him just run. And I knew he was okay because he was on the grass, but you just never know with these things. So um, hopefully everyone, you know, the people I love will be in safe places when this Aaron Rodgers trade finally happens. And, look, I can't give you an exact time when I think it will, um, you know, but anyone I talk to, and even even today, guys, I called New York just to feel it out. They they feel really good. They, they feel like this is going to happen. They just need uh, some agreement here um, between them and the Packers.
2: Now, Joe Shane said uh, – well, he actually spoke about Saquon Barkley and said yeah. – uh, to the media that he hasn't spoken with Saquon Barkley's uh, side of things in his camp since the owners meeting. How do you see this whole ordeal playing out for Saquon Barkley and the Giants?
3: Yeah, you know, I feel like you have to preface this with you feel bad for Saquon a bit here. He's such an integral part of that offense. And, you know, I live in this New Jersey, New York area where it's Giants land and he's a face of the franchise. Saquon Barkley is the guy. Um you know, when you see Jerseys around town, that, that that's you see Barkley. Um so we know that he's a valuable part of this team because of that very fact, but he's a running back and the market states what it states, unfortunately. And the money he was looking for is, is just not the kind of money he was gonna get. And now he's, you know, been tagged and and relationship between the Giants and saquon it, it's its actually fine. It's not chilly. It's, it's, there's not going to be an issue. I do think it'll wind up getting worked out, but I know his agents, they're, they're, not, they're not happy with the way this worked out. They're not happy with the process that, that Daniel Jones was prioritized here. That's how they see it uh, through this entire negotiation. So I, I think it's only April. That's the good news. You know this, Harry. Um, so much changes between now and July. Um, Let's talk again in the summer. And then if there's still a problem, then, you know, we'll get into it.
1: So, since you didn't tell us who's taken who at the second overall pick, but I did hear this morning say everything's on the table for the Raiders for no selfish reasons. Yes. Any insights <laughs> there on uh, what, 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 what do you think the Raiders might do that?
3: Look, I, I really think the Raiders have their eye on a quarterback that they like, but I do think they wind up going defense. Like, if you were to say, okay, guess right now what you think the Raiders are going to do. I do think they go defense. They have so much work to do on that side of the ball, as you know. Um, and, and that's where they want to improve. But, you know, with Jimmy Garoppolo being there, it's not a bad option for them to, to, to play with him. Yet, again, I, I do think with Arizona willing to deal and perhaps maybe the Raiders being willing to, to move up, they they, they they could be one of those teams that make a call. Um, I will say this, and it may, Fitz, maybe you like this, they've been really quiet. They've been quiet. Like Their stuff has been kept very close. Ooh.
1: Look, um, Diana, it can't go any worse than it has for about the last – every year, for five years, they put bro, a camera you're in. Bro, you desperate face. right now. Look, look, He's here, desperate,
2: Diana.
3: Here's something Diana. I like. I don't, I don't know if you care about this. I, I know I would care about it if I was a fan. I know that they are putting a lot of weight in a player that represents the Raiders organization really well on and off the field. I, I, this is something I've been told by a lot of people, that it is important for this team – to start changing the, the, the view, right? You guys have been through a lot. It, it's time for, it, it, you know, you guys need a high character kind of player.
1: I do not disagree with anything you just said, and that actually— Desperation that, yeah, is no, at its no. finest. No, Harry, come on, man. Every year they put a they put a camera in my face, and I just got to sit there and act like I'm not getting kicked in the no-no places. I don't know. He's desperate. He's uh, desperate. Dan, what I'm really proudest of stuff for last year on these—you know these digital shows have no commercials. The most underreported part of the digital broadcast we did last year, I covered every pick of day one and every pick of day two. Never got up to tinkle. Like, how about that for professionalism? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no you tinkling. Can cancel,
2: you can cancel me out of that one.
1: No tinkling <laughs> for the entire night. Like just, I just wanted you to know that I got it in me, Diana. Uh, we, I we, tinkled we, four we, times. what? so
3: healthy. That means you're not even drinking enough water. No. I like hydrating people. Uh,
1: I, I pee every 30 minutes during this show, but I like look, I'm not giving that seat up. I got I got too many talented people around that will just take the seat I'll never get it back. They'll realize that they're better people than what I do, so I'm not I'm not giving that seat up for a second.
3: I'm getting Wally tipped Israel. That is the most transparent answer I have ever heard from somebody. That is fabulous. I am too scared to go to the bathroom because I am not good enough to keep my job. Look, Field Gates is sitting
1: three feet from me. He's more professional, he's better dressed, and he knows more than I do. What the hell am I going to do? I'm, right. I'm I'm just going to pee my pants. You. We're we We're in leather love you. pants. No one
3: can replace you. I will, t- I will be the first to say it on the air right now. On Look the record, that. no one is replaced you, buddy. You're too good.
1: Look at that. Diana, you're the best. Thanks for the insight as always, my friend. Enjoy the draft. We appreciate right. you.
3: Love you guys. I'll talk to you next week.
1: Uh, follow her on Twitter at Diana ESPN. Of course, she's keeping everybody updated. Uh, Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect your family, your phone, and your furry friends with life, electronic device, and pet health insurance. Love every ounce of that. All right the Texans might not take a quarterback at two. And you might think that's okay. There's one reason why it would absolutely be the wrong strategy. We'll tell you why next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio.
0: Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Bryce Young is now minus 1,000
1: to go first overall. He went ahead and canceled a bunch of his upcoming interviews, so it looks like it's a done deal, him to Carolina.
0: The ability that Anthony Richardson has is so unique. It is so unlike any other quarterback in this class. We're talking about a, a limitless feeling, and that's what makes you so excited. That's why I think he would go ahead of a Hendon Hooker, ahead of a Will Levis. And if we're sitting there in 10 days and he goes ahead of C.J. Stroud, I'm not going to fall out of my chair and be surprised.
1: It's Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, SiriusXM channel. Happy 420 to all who celebrate responsibly. Jamming. I won't be doing any celebrating. I'm hosting SportsCenter on Snapchat tonight. Harry, uh, late NBA game. Like I've got to be a professional all day through our show, and then I've got to be a professional for the. Four-hour gap I have before I have to come back and do Snapchat till like two in the morning. I got to be a professional. I don't know how I feel about this, but well,
2: (laughs) you still do have. I understand four twenty is today, but you know, just push it over into four twenty-one. You know.
1: That's fair. Carry it over tomorrow. That's fair. Uh, You know, right immediately after we finish our show, I will start (laughs) celebrating belatedly. Like, just so, you know, if you see me on the streets of of West Hartford, I'm out in these West Hartford streets. If you see me on the West Hartford streets, just, you know, uh, just uh, know that I'm celebrating late. Uh, The NFL draft starts at number two is the concept for a lot of people with the Houston Texans. And it's because there's a growing expectation that they're not going to take a quarterback. Something that, frankly, if you listen to Fitz and Harry all the way back in January, Uh, I might have been even as we first started. I've been saying this for a long time because people that I trust have been telling me this for a long time. So it makes sense in some ways. Here's the one time it wouldn't make sense for me, Harry. If you're doing it to be cute because you think that you're anticipating the way the draft board's going to go, that's stupid. The one thing I hate every – and I I truly hate this every year. We're going to do this. Uh, Mel Kuyper, Todd McSherry are going to do this. Everybody does this, and I hate it. Every year there's going to be this conversation of, well, did you draft that guy too high? Like, you should have traded down and gotten that guy later. Like, there's this presumption that you can easily just suddenly package picks, move down, and that the rest of the board is going to go your way. If the Texans don't love any of these quarterbacks enough to want to pick one at two, that's totally fine. If they're trying to get cute, take Will Anderson at two, and then just rely on having a quarterback there at 12, that's a stupid strategy because you simply can't predict what the 11 teams, or in that case, the nine teams between 2 and 12, what are they going to be doing? That's impossible to know.
2: Well, here's what I think the Houston Texans are thinking. I don't think they're trying to be cute if they draft a defensive player, right? You got to understand, D'Amico Ryans is a defensive head coach. And look at what he had when he was in San Francisco. San Francisco, they're still trying to figure out the quarterback situation, right? But they were able to be effective still with those things um, not in place or that position not in place, right? You got Brock Purdy, you say he's going to be the starter. He got UCL injury, don't know if he's going to be able to start the year. He signed Sam Darnold this, this offseason. But you look at the Houston Texans right now, right, and I look at their defensive line because that's where everything starts at, right? They have uh, Grenard, Malik Collins, Sheldon Rankins, Jerry Hughes. I'm pretty sure they want to get younger on their, on their, on their defensive line. Right, So, drafting a Will Anderson Jr. there in that spot will be ideal, I think, in my eyes, if that's the route they want to go. I look at their secondary. Their secondary is young. You have Derek Stingley Jr., who you took last year, Jalen Petrie, who you took last year. You brought over Jimmy Ward from the San Francisco 49ers who played with D'Amico Ryans on that defense. So, you have three solid pieces there. I think building that defensive line and building that defensive mindset and a stopper on that side of the ball, I think, is the is the number one thing for the Houston Texans. Do they need a quarterback? Of course. I don't believe in the one that they have right now. I don't believe in Davis Mills. But what if they can still get a guy at number twelve? What if they can still get Henry right. Hooker in that spot? We understand Henry Hooker is probably not going to be, you know, able to do a lot of things this season. But you look at at it being a year that he can learn and understand what's going on, and you know. Decipher things, and it's not like he's he's just a young cat and he doesn't understand coverages. He still understands things from Virginia Tech, and he hasn't been at Virginia Tech in two two and a half years.
1: And, and I, I get all of that. I, I I don't disagree with anything you just said. In fact, I think you know it's totally fair to say, hey, just because you need a quarterback doesn't mean you love any of the quarterbacks at two. So don't take one yep. if you don't love one. That's fact. And and you might just be really comfortable saying, hey, if we're there and Hendon Hooker happens to be there, or Will Levis happens to be there, then we'll consider it. But we're not going to consider it over other things. Maybe you're staying true to your draft board. What's happened in today's world, though, is there's a lot of times, and I saw Greeny do this this morning on Get Up, where the presumption is, well, if we take this guy at two, then we can package these picks to move up here, and then we can move down there, and then we can move over there, and then we'll get this quarterback that we really wanted at seven or eight or nine. Like I think that's where things get maddening. If you're just comfortable letting the the board go the way the board goes and at 12 if it happens to be a quarterback and you're stunned and you're saying well yeah i mean uh we still really like him he's the best guy on our board Cool. I just, I I think we live in this world where now, between all the mock draft simulators, I spent hours the other night on a mock draft simulator just watching what would happen. I think a lot of people have this logic of, well, I'll trade down to then trade back up to trade over there to then trade back up to trade back to this. Like, it doesn't work that way. If you love somebody, take somebody. Otherwise, you're just rolling the dice.
2: Well, and especially if you're a defensive minded head coach and you know things. Uh, start up front, and you have a guy right there at number two, and Will Anderson Jr., who's a freak of nature, 34 and a half sacks in the last three years then you take that player. Also, man, don't sleep on their offensive line. Lermy, Tonso, Kenyon Green, who was their first-round draft pick last year, and Shaq Mason, uh, Shaq Mason, they have three solid guys on their offensive line. So don't don't be surprised if they take a defensive player in the first round with that first pick at number or, two.
1: Or two. I mean, they, they have so many needs. It, if they get two starters, that's the most important thing. All right, we'll keep breaking it down, but the Kings might be up 2 nothing. I still think they have a ton of pressure. We'll tell you why. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio
0: been listening to the Fitz and Harry podcast. You can listen to The Guy's live weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, and you can watch on the ESPN app.